Hi, I'm Rat, and us at You Got to Know stand with the Writers Guild of America. All the Guild is asking for is a small 3% of profits and that studios will not replace them with AI. This is a small demand in the grand scheme of Hollywood, and Hollywood would not exist without writers. Okay, bro, you gotta know about this show. The bisexuals got a boat budget. What's next? The bisexuals in space? I just love any Aphrodite-related episode. If it's Cupid or Aphrodite. The MILF with the glitter oh is back, God. and we welcome her yes. into the plot with open arms. Like, please, they're always my favorites, and this is great. And, like, it literally ends with Xena making Joxer try and go get Cupid. Yeah. And, like, it's actually really funny as they're building up to the reveal because Joxer's just like, I got him! Tries to drag him around a corner and you just see the muscular arm come and drop back out. <laughs> because he's, for some reason, being very reluctant even though your kid is causing trouble. A lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. Your kid got into your arrows. Oh, welcome to You Got to Know. I'm Bo. I'm Rat. <laughs> I am so glad that I got you hooked on Xena. I love this show. Because, like, because we just had my birthday, and I made y'all watch Deep Space Nine with me. I've been on more of a 90s kick than usual, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling it in my bones. Like, between bones. Deep Space Nine and Xena... And Smallville isn't 90s, but it still fits in with, like, this very specific niche of nostalgia I have. It's like, I can feel that, like, that comfortable nostalgia just deep in my bones right now. I'm in my element. You're in your element, bro. (laughs) And I can definitely feel the I'm in my element vibes from sitting next to you watching this. I want to go to a comic store. I haven't wanted to go to a comic store in so long, but this makes me want to go to a comic store. Like, I'm I'm nine years old again. I'm buying my first Superman comics. Watching all of these uh, shows. <laughs> oh, season two. Season two. It's... I am going to need my phone. Yeah. Because you sent me the I foregore. <laughs> but then I remember. I... Huh. This season is honestly where, like, I feel like the nostalgia versus the reality of Xena really levels out because I haven't seen much of season two. I talked about in the last episode, I'm pretty sure. Um, You have now. Because I'm pretty sure now that we're deep in season two that this is the season I've seen the least of. I talked Mm -hmm. about how even when I was a kid, I would just jump around. Yeah. And there's, like, very few episodes in this that I genuinely have any memory of. Mm Mm-hmm. And wow, all the random racist characters yeah, probably why. Maybe it's a good thing you don't remember many of these episodes. Oh my god, because like... We straight up skipped an episode. Oh yeah. Because the entire plot line was Xena goes and kills a bunch of racist caricatures. Yeah, it was the episode with the Horde, which I... I've definitely not seen. I don't want to see. That was really uncomfortable because it's straight up. Because here's the thing. I talked about how this is from New Zealand and how like, oh yeah, there's like a Maori costume designer who did Xena's armor and stuff. And then there's just these like violently anti-indigenous, anti-aboriginal caricatures that just popped up in two two episodes. Literally just like 
Yeah. Straight up an entire culture of violent natives. Yeah, because, like, they've got the no, they've got the bone through the nose, they've got the war paint, they have the headdresses, they're, it's really uncomfortable, and the- yep, it checks all the boxes. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't watch the episode with the Horde. We did um, not. We did watch the episode with the- one tribe that was only in the beginning. The tribe that was literally just there to kidnap Gabrielle yeah. and kill Xena. Yeah. That was like the whole reason they were there. Yeah. Like They didn't have they to were... make them look like that. No. They didn't have to they make didn't... them look like that. It could have been did. any old warlord. It could have just been any other random dudes that they've had to go through <sighs> that exact same situation with throughout the rest of the season yeah. and series, but no, they had to throw in a little bit of racism there to taste. And it's like, this is the perfect example of, like, what watching 90s television is like. Yeah. Because we talked about, like, when the Roma people pop up in yeah. 10th Kingdom, now we've got the indigenous people popping up in Xena, and we also just get casual... Uh, Roma slurs thrown around in this Just season casually, too. Which, to be fair, they still do that because I know. people associate the word with the aesthetic. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's just I love boho so much. Stop it! Stop Literally. it! Oh my god! But all of that, all of that will be popping up mid to late season. Mid to we, late season, we, within the last mm, couple days of us watching. Yes, it's all it's, kind of just. Oh my god. Because that's like the general shit. Yeah. But that, like, watching all these old shows makes me realize how much stuff I've like watched as a kid that I just mm -hmm. thought was like, oh, this is just normal. This is just this character. And then I look back at it now mm -hmm. as an adult knowing things about racism and it's like, oh... Yeah. Huh. Turns out these things that are normal and everywhere in media are actually kind of f***ed up. Oh my god, that's literally and part like, of the reason I want to do this show. Yeah. Boy, they god, are. Like, oh. um, oh. like, when we were looking at movies for later this season, um, for the holidays, we, I had, like, a list of, like, fantasy 90s, 2000s shows, and I remember just as we were watching the trailers, I ended up cutting half the list because I hadn't actually seen them, and the... Uh, like fantasy movie after fantasy movie, just getting just punched full, in the face, just full of, of blood libel, just full of anti-Semitism. Yeah, like so many. I was so yeah. excited. Like specifically, when I was a child, I wanted to watch the Brothers Grimm so badly. This is so unrelated. We're gonna get back on track in a sec, but I need to finish my tangent. But this I, is something that is in yeah, your brain that needs to I be. I really? wanted to watch that movie so bad as a child. I wasn't allowed to because, like, it was a scary movie. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's the thing of, like, okay, but also I was kind of at the age where I was already watching horror. I would have been fine, whatever. But now, now I'm also was... sitting here just, like, this is just blood libel. Now you know that it's scary for a different reason. Because, like, the Brothers Grimm themselves were violently anti-Semitic. They mm -hmm. were part of a political movement that, well, some of the principles that... There's... I don't... Let me start that over. <laughs> brain in the my tangent. Brain, my brain ran into the context. Because the Brothers Grimm themselves, I knew, like, from time period context, like, they're gonna be racist. Yeah. But, like, learning, when you actually learn the violent anti the rampant 
anti-Semitism and ha- just the blood libel. They were going to be blood libel. For those that don't know, blood libel, uh, in olden days, it was just the idea that, like, Jewish people were using uh, Christian children's blood um, in ritual mm-hmm. or to make their matzah, yeah. so on and so forth. Um, modern interpretation is just... They're hurting the kids. It, it's much yeah. more watered down, so pretty much... And it's like, <laughs> in a lot of media, like, yeah. there's... Think, think like Stardust. This is the one that popped into my head the most when we were watching stuff, because Stardust was one of my favorite movies uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. That was my exposure to Neil Gaiman. Um, that was one of the movies we were considering, and then <laughs> we were watching it again, and I'm... All of a sudden, it is in a whole new context because it's about three old witches who are chasing down this young, beautiful, uh, wasp-looking star, white Anglo-Saxon president. Oh, yeah. Um, and she, uh, the whole reason they're doing it is to steal her life force to make themselves young and beautiful again. Yep. And, like, it's everything just, about it it's is- It's just yeah. without the blood. Yeah, but even then, that's the thing. It's the blood. Yeah, yeah. without the from, literal from, blood. From how I've understood it, blood libel is more the title. It is not necessarily yeah, yeah. the literal blood libel at this point. Anyways. It's everywhere. <laughs> and I, it, 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 it doesn't yeah. need to be. Everybody is subjected to mm-hmm. media from everyone. Mm-hmm. Including the racists. Yeah. You gotta you gotta read into it. You mm-hmm. gotta read and squint a little bit and just go like, Oh, that guy probably doesn't like Jewish people and he's yeah. projecting that into his work. Yeah. Learn your dog whistles. Learn your dog whistles. They're called oh a dog God. whistle for a reason. It's not too deep. It's not... People it, aren't making it deeper than that you think. You just like, don't have the context. People like making secret codes to get the attention of the people that they <sighs> want. Exactly. To, yeah. They like making exactly. codes to share with the people who are in the know. Yeah. It's like when you're or a little kid, intimidate- you have a secret handshake. Yeah. Or intimidate uh, your victims. That's yep. literally the point of the dog whistle is flag the people you want to help and scare the people that you do. Yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. <laughs> we really started this episode off we, in, a, in a kind of way, didn't we? I wonder how much of that got cut because we just kept we literally losing just our tangents. Tangent explosion. Or we just kept stumbling over ourselves. This is what happens when you put two autistic ADHD people with a lot of synergy at one table. More, we will have more discussion as this goes on because I know this is going to be a thing that it's pops up again. It's going to pop up later. Um, because this is, a nice, this is a nostalgia podcast. And also, this is Xena. I love this show, but this is Xena. There's a lot of racism. Yeah, there's so, a lot of racism. There's this a will lot, pop back up. There's a lot of racism in just general, like, just like yeah. fantasy and medieval stuff. Yeah. In general. Like, yeah. a lot of yeah. racism. Yeah. Um... There is a lot of, also a lot of violence against women. A it's lot of just, violence against women. It's just women. handled in a more girl bossy way. Yeah. Than any other 90s show would. Because that, that is the major thing with Xena is like, it is very, there yeah. is a lot of the empowerment, but there's yeah. also a lot of there's, the, that's straight up sexual assault. Yeah, literally. 
and it's like there have been so I think out of all the shows I've watched recently this one has the most men mm-hmm. who I want to throw into a pit of spikes which for is, being nasty to women. <laughs> which is one of the frustrating parts, because this show, I... I'm just going to keep saying, like, this show, this show. I... <laughs> this show is just... Because there are the empowering moments. But there's also bad ingredients in yeah. this soup. But then there are the moments of quote-unquote empowerment where it's just women are about to be assaulted, so they're going to solve it like men. Yeah. There, it's, it's, but also it's 90s girl power. 90s, it's a 90s girl power 90s show. 90s girl boss moment. Yeah, before the Ugh. girl boss, we had girl power, which a lot of the times... Just turned into strong, independent women, need no man, but she'll have a horrible, milk toast love interest every week, and oh, sometimes when her friend gets assaulted, she'll punch the dude. That's like gatekeep girl boss! Xena and Gabrielle visit a village of centaurs where she once left her now 10-year-old son who believes she killed his father. Oh yeah, this is one of the fun get-a-peek-at-Xena's-past episodes Mm -hmm. where we find out she's been a MILF the whole time. She has been a MILF the whole time. (laughs) And from now on, like, Xena's just canonically a MILF. Well, she already was canonically. But we didn't know. We didn't know, but like. The writers also probably didn't know. Yeah, that's true. Let's be real. Let's be real with the way that writing 90s shows went. They just pulled this kid out of the ether and he's just there now. Yeah. Um, And this episode is just. It's the two pronged delight. There's the part of me. That's like, ooh, we get cute moments with, like, Gabby and Xena, and it looks like Gabby has started doing her hair, and they're Mm -hmm. being cute as we're learning their past, and, oh, Xena's gotta deal with all this trauma. But then we have, like, literal disabled person as the villain. Not just disabled person as the villain. Straight up monster. This dude is a straight up monster. And he is the most disabled person we have thus far gotten. And I'm just sitting there the whole time like, what the f***? Again, it's like 90s TV, like you can just, haha, we minding our own business, and then, boom! Oh my god! Ableism! Racism! Sexism! There's no escape! I, there was part of me that was uh, watching that episode, just like, you know what? Whatever, it's a disabled villain. Whatever. And then it turns out the whole goal of it was for him to take a gem from the centaurs. Because in the creation story or whatever, like, all their evil was put into this one gem or something, and this villain wants it, and he turns into, like, a disgusting monster in the- what the hell? He he wants all the evils for himself. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't even think Xena's son finds out she's actually his mom by the end of this episode. Nope, she doesn't tell him. No, but he does find out she didn't kill his dad. Yes. (laughs) And they become close friends and have nice bonding moments. Aww. He doesn't know that it's bonding moments with a parent, but Xena knows. Yeah. Xena knows. <laughs> Xena knows and Xena has to process this. Ugh. So does Gabby. So does Gabby. She has to process the fact that uh, the woman she loves uh, already had family before her. Yeah. <laughs> she has to process the fact that she's dating a single mom. <laughs> Is she ready to have kids? 
Is she ready to be a stepmom? <laughs> Next one. Xena gets to see the world if she'd never become a warlord. Ah, uh, the It's a Wonderful Life episode. Yeah, I, uh, I don't understand that reference because I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Why are you looking at me like that? Don't say that around my mom. Well, your mom's not here, so <laughs> yeah. I've never seen It's yeah. a Wonderful Life. You see how I am about this. Mm-hmm. My mom is not like that unless It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> well, it's a good thing she's not yeah. here. That is her favorite movie ever. We watch it every December. Every December, we go to the quote alongs. We go to the. <laughs> she loves that movie oh so God. much. Essentially, um, this dude uh, tries to kill himself because life gives him a bad hand and he loses all the money in his bank or whatever it is. I forget what he runs. I think it's like a loan business or something. Mm-hmm. And he, like, He's out of luck. Mm-hmm. So he decides he's going to kill himself what, so his family can have the insurance money. And an angel is sent down to show, to like stop him mm-hmm. from doing that. And so he shows this guy what the town would be like if he had never been born. Because he wishes he was never born. Mm-hmm. And everything is so much worse. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Aww. His brother is dead. His favorite people never like, got successful and went out of town, and his wife's an old maid. Oh, no. (laughs) She's a librarian. Oh, no. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, and it was, it was a cute episode. Um, you know, she gets to live a life where her little brother is still alive. Her big brother isn't there, but she does have a fiancé, and she's just a normal village girl. Just a normal village girl. You know, because girl. the setup for it is that she, uh, Xena saves uh, the Temple of the Fates, mm-hmm. so they give her this wish. Mm-hmm. She's having a moment because she, <laughs> she killed a soldier. Yes. And then she saw his face and realized that he was super young. Like her little brother. Yeah, like her little brother. He had, like, the same talisman and everything. Yeah. Um, and so she goes through this life, and it's like, oh, it's fine, until she realizes, oh, yeah, Xena, the warrior princess not existing, means that, like, Gabby's village never got saved? So now Gabby is a slave girl? Gabby is a slave girl, and Xena's mother is dead. Oh, yeah, Xena's mom has died instead of her little brother dying. Yeah. That was the exchange that had to be made. Yeah. Or whatever. And the thing that gets me, that put this whole thing with Greek culture back into context for me, is when she's talking to her fiancé about Gabby, the slave girl that these warlords are bringing through. Because her fiancé covering up the way that Xena is acting, how weird she is, is, oh, we were looking for a house slave, and I just have to sit here, like, we've only ever seen them freeing all of these slaves. And then I remember, oh, yeah, that was, like, kind of normal. Yeah, they probably would be looking for a house slave right now, as they're about (laughs) to get married and start their own house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Puts back into context and makes everything with Xena feel a little different. Because I'm just sitting here like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what this means contextually anymore. (laughs) Because I need to read up more on, like, slavery in ancient Greece. Because now I'm sitting here like, has there... have, Have there just been slaves everywhere? Is every servant they talk to a slave? 
there is one thing with all of this that I did forget to mention last season because it goddamn jump scared me. <laughs> is we were watching one time and just I absentmindedly looked up in the beginning of the opening credits and I saw a very familiar name, which is Alex F- Kurtzman. You don't know that name because I don't know you're that not name. in the Star Trek fandom. He's the dude that literally runs Star Trek right now. Oh. <laughs> Well, like, that's the dude that runs Star Trek. Uh, and he was like, I don't even know what he did on Xena. But I looked it up and no, it's the same Alex Kurtzman. It all comes back to Star Trek. I know. There There's so no many, escape. I've been making so many jokes off the podcast and on about, like, everyone's in Star Trek. Everyone's Everything in Star- comes back to Star Trek. It's not a joke anymore. Quite literally, everything comes back to either Star Trek, Law and Order, or Doctor Who. Yeah, that that sounds about right. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, we need to get back on track. We really do. Next one. Ob- obligatory sidekick turns into a vampire episode. Mm. I did forget to say. Oh yeah, sexy vampires. <laughs> yeah, not even about the sexy vampires. I know. But uh, last episode was the first incidence of them getting away with swearing on TV because they used another country's slang. They called Gabby a s- multiple times throughout that episode. Yeah, they sure did. They love using that word. They like using that word. They're allowed to <laughs> use that word. So they're like, ooh. Let's oh my say god. swears. I know, and meanwhile I'm sitting here like, did you just call her a f-? Yeah. You just call- what the f-? Why would you call her that? Oh my god. Just because. Okay. <laughs> but the vampire episode, because this vampire is like- Vampire episode. This, is, this will be probably my favorite episode in every show, every 90s show, which is the obligatory, like, side character or audience stand-in character will turn into a vampire, because this is the story of Orpheus and Bacchae, or not Bacchae, Bacchus, who has the Bacchae, who are, like, his werewolf vampire servants, and- Every series will have an episode where that character gets turned into a vampire. Of course. On this one, it was Gabby when she was in the sexy lesbian vampire dance circle. Um, In Charmed. You are not immune to the sexy lesbian vampire dance circle. In Charmed, it was Paige with the sexy lesbian dance circle. You're not immune to the sexy lesbian vampire dance circle. In Smallville, it wasn't a sexy lesbian vampire dance circle. Lana just made out with a bunch of vampire sorority girls. So they weren't dancing. It was just a sexy lesbian vampire circle. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I always forget that. We'll talk about that when we get to Smallville. This is not Smallville. To be fair, the sexy lesbian circle would get me too. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) nobody is immune. The one with the buzz cut? Yes. Oh my god. The buzz cut and the lipstick? Oh my god. She could bite me any day. Please. Please. <laughs> God, and when the, the makeup artists on this show are always amazing, but the work they put into the Bacchae, yeah, Gabby and Xena looks. <gasps> it's so good. Also the fact that their clothing transforms with them, because it ends, of course, with them fixing everyone. Like, everyone's human again. 
But also, no one's in black sexy leather. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's in normal village girl clothes. Yeah. Like, they look like the average uh, village girl. And it's hilarious. Yeah. Because, oh. Let's see. But the Orpheus CGI sucked so bad because Orpheus is headless throughout this whole thing. Sona head? <laughs> I'm gonna throw this at you like a throwing star. Good. Because, <laughs> no, literally, he was either. Um, either someone was sitting on his shoulders and his head was, like, literally just between their thighs. Yeah. Because he was often on Joxer's lap. Yeah. Or they were just holding him, but it would be, like, when the hair should be taut, it would be, like... Hanging. Yeah, it would be, like, an inch lower than it should be. So they obviously edited out his body, but they didn't commit to the bit quite hard enough. Um, next one. Oh... Labrielle marries her ex-fiancé before Callisto <gasps> kills him to break her spirit in Xena's heart. Ugh. Okay, yeah. We get a two-parter with the return of Callisto. Yeah. Everything oh hurts so God. much. Because first of all, was it Perticus? I think his name was Perticus. Uh, Gabby's fiancé. Yeah. I feel like it was Perticus. Um... Perticus Returns. Still not the original Perticus outside the, the first episode. Perticus. Still Pretty Boy Perticus. But Pretty Boy Perticus and like, Gabby have, like, they reunite. And you know what? They want to give it a try. So, of course, they do. And it's beautiful. And Cena's like, you know what? If this makes you happy, it makes me happy. And Gabby... That was actually genuinely, like, a really sweet scene. It, it was adorable. Like... The two of them. They have so much chemistry yeah. with the second Perticus, not the, the first one. <laughs> not the, the first one, one that's nagging Gabby the whole way through. Maybe that's why they got rid of the oh first one, because he sucked. Well, yeah, because they need to make him seem appealing Yeah. Now. Before they needed to make it seem like there was a reason Gabby was running away. Yeah. And now he's pretty, and he's so sweet, and he listens, and they're newlyweds. And they're perfect together, and ooh, And then Callisto kills him in front of Gabby. He dies in her arms. Yep. And she breaks. Gabby freaking loses it. She decides Callisto's gonna die. Gabby chooses violence. Yeah, she does die, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't remember how Callisto died. Um. Oh, the quicksand. Yeah. The quicksand. God. Oh, how did I forget the quicksand? This is one of those things where, like, when I was in elementary school, they made a, a big effort to teach kids how to not die in quicksand for some reason. And that and things like this just being in the show made me think that quicksand was going to be a much larger concern than it ever has been oh in my, my life. God. It it's <laughs> so, to be fair, my boyfriend did have a quicksand incident once, but he's the only person I know. Actually, I think my dad too. Of course your dad did. Um, yeah, but that's like just my dad being my dad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, cuz in the final battle, Xena and Callisto end up in quicksand. Xena gets her chakram out, digs it into a stone, uses her whip to pull herself out. And doesn't save Callisto, even and though she, she could she just keeps drowning. She just lets her drown in the quicksand. Oh, it's like chilling. It's, Xena oh. has saved her so many times, and this time she just. Let's her sink. Yeah. 
And that will haunt her for the rest of Callisto's storyline this season. Oh, yeah. Xena has another double. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked oh, yeah. about that one. Yeah. It was, the king is dying, and there's a situation yeah. where, like, Xena comes, and the princess yeah. who looks like her... And there's, like, yeah. a whole situation where they're trying to protect okay. the princess. Last we left him off, she finally got the princess and the, her boy together. Mm-hmm. Now that we're back, um, there's actually someone pretending to be Xena who's going to the princess. And Gabby is catching up with her. And Gabby's really confused because somebody's spreading a rumor that she slept with Joxer. Well, it's Joxer sleeping. That's spreading a rumor that she slept with Joxer. <laughs> um, so everyone else is pretty, like, okay, Xena's... Xena's pretty open to it. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. It is really weird and uncomfortable. And this it's, is how the episode starts out. Yeah. It starts <laughs> out with Joxer um, bragging, basically. Yeah. And then they get to the castle and they meet this Xena. And for some reason, she puts Gabby in the dungeons. Of course, it ends up being there's a third one. There's three of them. Yeah. Um, but basically, this one big dude hired um, a tramp in her own words, um, off the street because she looked like Xena and got her to help with his plan to replace the princess as the king is dying so that they can take over the throne. Yep. And by now, like, the princess is married, she's had a baby, all this Mm -hmm. and going on. And, like, everything's fine in the end. You know, they defeat the evil dude. And the king. Oh my god. While everything is going on and they're... they have just won over the third Xena, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the one that was, like, pretending to yeah. be Xena. They've just won her over, so she's helping them take out the bad guy, and she spends time alone with the king, talking to him, mm-hmm. and pretending to be his daughter, because he is really sick and out of it, and yeah. she's talking to him, because his actual daughter... Can't be there to look after him. Yeah. So, she's having a nice bonding moment with this man who's who thinks he's talking to his daughter. And it was literally just mentioned, like, five minutes before this mm-hmm. that she had a bad relationship with her own father. Yeah. So, she's having a nice conversation with this man, treating her like his daughter. And at the end of the episode, it's like, oh, the... He's actually not dying. He just mm-hmm. he was just sick, but he's okay now. Yeah. And he like adopts her as yeah. like the castle cook or something, wasn't he? I don't re- I don't think she actually had like a job. I think he just said, "You're mine now. You're my daughter." I'm pretty sure he was just like, "You can be the castle cook" or something yeah. like that. I'm pretty sure it I had think something you're thinking. Uh, you might also be thinking of uh, the sea the Seacroft episode three Seacrops. I forget what. Uh, Tony Todd's name was in that episode. With the ship? Yeah, I think no, you're thinking of that was... because Gab- he told Gabby she could be the k- ship cook. No, it was definitely not that episode. Because, like, huh. I had that impression before okay. we watched that episode. But, yeah, know. he's just like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna give you some small role in the castle so you're staying here. Yeah. You're my other daughter now. <laughs> I have two of them. I'll have to look back because that's gonna bother me. Yeah. Because I cannot remember for the life of me. Yeah. Huh. I know that he gave her some little assignment for the the castle. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, 
you are now my other daughter. Yeah, and now he has three identical daughters. Yep, he has adopted them all. But they're all his they're all his beautiful daughters who are all vastly different but have the same face. <laughs> Alright. Xena Oh my god. Oh no, bro. Xena and Do you want me to say yeah. it? Yeah. Alright, where are we? It's a body switching one of Oh, yeah. Xena and Callisto switch bodies. Um, they... S- oh, yeah. Xena <laughs> and Callisto switch bodies. Yeah, they switch bodies. Yeah, and literally the whole thing is just Callisto, like, you know what? I'm gonna use your guilt against you. Use that guilt to possess her body mm-hmm. and then start ruining her entire reputation, which leads to Xena and Callisto's body in the underworld having to come back. And, like, they do end up switching, but, like, oh my god! This is also, like, what, a week or two after yeah, Callisto yeah. killed Gabby's husband? Yeah. And Gabby has to deal with Xena being in Callisto's body. And Callisto being in Xena's yeah. body, and she's not happy about it. And they're stuck like that. They're stuck like that for, like, a couple episodes? An episode. There is An one. Episode. The next yeah. episode is a depowered Ares comes to Callisto, knowing that yeah. it's actually Xena, um, asking for her help getting his godhood back because mm-hmm. it was stolen by Sisyphus. Yoink. And, first of all, Ares is very gender in this episode. He is. He is very gender. He's always gender. gender. But... Not this? like this. I, listen, Aries normally not really hitting the gender for me. It's it's not really getting me where it is. But when he is depowered, there is so much gender in that man. <laughs> it's the eye bags. It's the eye bags. There's... Shut up. There's a curtain behind me. You can't throw anything at me. I'll just dodge it. Oh my god. It really is the eye bags, though. Shut up! Don't look at my drag. <laughs> okay. You even described him in the summary as a very gender Aries. Yeah, I do. You do. Anyway, clip show. Indiana oh. Jones moment. Indiana! Gabby got a gun! Right! They gave Bye. Gabby a Bye. gun! Okay. She <laughs> deserves a gun. Because, listen, this is what I mean when I say I miss clip show episodes. Because last season, we got the Bard School, where Gabby goes to the Bard School and she's telling all these stories and helping all of these storytellers. And it's goofy. It's fun. And it's like, she tells her mm-hmm. own stories. Yeah. This one is the Xena Scrolls. Gabby is pretty much just Indiana Jones. Literally down just to the Indiana hat. Jones. Down to the hat shit. Down to the hat under the door rescue kind of thing. Oh, yeah. They had to um, have that one. Then we have Joxer, who is Vainzi's French soldier. He's actually like a brush salesman from Idaho or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then there is Xena, who is just, like, this normal flat, little flat, middle-of-the-America kind of girl who's just there with, to with help. With a southern accent. Yeah, she's so... This is this is what I mean when I say I miss shows letting their actors act. Yeah. Because, like, there are, like, the body swap episodes where those actors are genuinely playing each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I fully and believe... And a lot of body swap episodes, yes. and they're all so good. And they're all so subtle in, like, little things. Because there's, like... 
there's when they're playing each other, and then there's when they're playing each other playing each other. We do get a lot of very pathetic Xena screams <laughs> yeah. from people who are not Lucy yeah. Lawless, though. Like, very pathetic. Which makes it delightful. It makes so much more sense why Kalisto just screams. Yeah. But then you get these ones where they're just playing their own descendants. Like, it's revealed that all three of these people are just descendants of Xena and the gang. Mm-hmm. And these Xena scrolls are their stories, but also these scrolls are in a tomb Ares was locked in, and he was just waiting for Xena's descendant to come so that Xena herself could possess her to release him into the world again in the middle of World War II. Mm. And so this whole time, we're getting, like, this really good Indiana Jones story on top of a clip show that's summarizing everything Literally, that's happened for so us. it was so good. I'm I, so excited for the future ones. I was kind of high while we were watching <laughs> this, and I... It took me a second so to realize fun. that it was the clip show episode. Yeah. Because, like... Without the clips, it was just a good episode. And that's what makes it so good. Because, like, I will give it to the people who say the Bard episode isn't a good episode. Because it's not meant to be a good episode. It's just trying to make a clip show fun. Yeah, it's... This is a damn good episode! Yeah, this would be a really, really good standalone episode. Like, you take all the clips in. You have to add, like, Like, maybe... I don't know how much time of the episode those clips take over. And then it ends! The Bard episode (laughs) would have been kind of, like... Meh. Yeah. If it weren't a clip show. It'd be kind of boring. It would be, like, an often skipped episode. Yeah. This one would... This one is required watching. Absolutely. Required. And it ends with the future descendant of that descendant going into some movie exec's office in the 90s and pitching him this story. And it's just... It's just Ted Raimi. <laughs> and then he's there like, and I found all these scrolls and pulls these scrolls. And he's like, yeah, they were in my grandpa's attic because... <sighs> Somehow, the brush salesman from Missouri uh, got his hands on the Xena scrolls after everything that just happened, yeah. and just left them in his attic. Um, and that sounds like a jocks or descendant thing to do. And if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure it was Ares that turned around. I can't remember. Or it was just some rando exec who just turned around. No, pretty sure it was Aries. Okay, I can't remember. I just remember looking at the apartment and thinking, oh, this is actually kind of nice. Yeah. For, like, it looks like, for anyone who's seen the uh, It movies from, like, 2019, 2017, or whatever, those are good, but watch the ones from 1990. This looks like an apartment that Richie Tozier would live in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It had the vibes. It had the vibes. The vibes were all there. Every single one of them. Mm -hmm. We learn that the woman Xena learned everything from is an enslaved black woman from Europe. She also dies. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, okay. Technically, they're both dead. I realize the way that I wrote that sounds weird. Um, technically they're both dead because that woman visit, I wish I could even remember her name, but she was honestly kind of the afterthought because this was one of the episodes with the really racist anti-indigenous caricatures in the beginning where literally they just come in, they kidnap Gabby when Xena's not looking. Oh yeah! And they're using her and some other girls to try and summon the sun goddess and they think Xena is that goddess and she's like, nope, screw you. And she just starts attacking, Mm -hmm. um, lets the girls go 
and then ends up getting hit in the head. Like, she hits her head really, really yeah. hard. Um, or I think she got hit by a tree. The tree might have hit her. Yeah. Um, either way, either she way she's dead. Up. Yeah, she is dead. Yeah. And she is... Again. Yeah, and in, like, these death states that she's going through as mm. she dies... Her life is flashing before her eyes. Yeah, specifically remembering when she was running on the ship, and they come across Julius Caesar, who is Carl Urban again. Hello? <laughs> Hello? If you'll remember from last episode, last time we saw him, he was playing Abraham's oldest son, who was pretending to be God so that his brother would get killed. Yeah. Um, and now he's Julius Caesar. And he's like a baby. He's a, a baby. Colonel Urban is so young in these episodes. And it's throwing me off because what I mostly remember him from, I never recognized him from Xena. I've watched a lot of his Xena episodes. I never recognize him from that. I know him as Bones. I know him as Dr. McCoy from Star Trek. Yeah. So imagine, if you will, that you're used to that, and then you watch this season, which you think you know everything about, and all of a sudden, Dr. McCoy is Julius Caesar. Yep, he's just here. <laughs> um, And then we also get... I'm going to look up her name. Because I, we hear so much about her in this episode, but I'm so distracted by Carl Urban <laughs> that I don't truly remember. And I I can't do that because cause the thing about oh, yeah. this girl, I'm just going to pull up the wiki and stop talking about it until I get there. Until I get some kind of info. I believe in you. Let's see. Yeah, she was hit by the tree. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, the girl quickly incapacitates Xena and her lieutenants by putting the quote-unquote pinch on them. This is the woman that she learns how to do pressure points from. Let's see. Caesar can speak the girl's language and helps communicate that if... Uh, she teaches Xena how to do that. She will be allowed to stay because this girl was a stowaway. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. I don't know if they name her. Oh my god, does, is she? Okay, 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 okay. I've read the wiki. So basically, all this time, Gabby is also taking her body to a healer. And as Xena is, like, in this in-between place, especially when she remembers when Julius Caesar crucified her and she's crucified in the, the afterlife, she actually dies after Gabby's been trying to get her to this healer. And Malalia. Malalia. Yes. Yes, that is her name. Who still technically doesn't speak? Yeah, she, she doesn't She thinks speak. to her. She mm -hmm. thinks to Xena and is basically like, you, you know, either die or don't. You gotta, you gotta fulfill your destiny, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, it was very, I hope we come back to her, because to the point where, like, I genuinely can't remember her name, they did not do very good with Malalia. They did not. And she's so interesting, because I literally just skimmed the wiki, so I don't remember, but I believe they said she was an enslaved girl from the Celts. So she was, like, 
enslaved in the I, British Isles. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So we're talking, like, Julius Caesar time period, but also time is so relative. Like, this is also happening at the same time as the birth of Jesus and the birth of Abraham's mm-hmm. religion yeah. and all all of that. It's it's very sloppily done. Like, with everything with Malalia, and this is pretty much proto-Xena. This is the blueprint for Xena. She does the screams. Mm-hmm. She does the pinch. She's this incredible fighter, and we get her singular lines. Mm-hmm. Is her just thinking at Xena in the afterlife. We get, like, nothing between them. Yeah. It's more about Julius Caesar, and it's like, save Malalia for the next episode, then. Yeah. Save her for her own episode, not Julius Caesar. I want a standalone with Malalia more than I want a standalone with Julius Caesar. Yeah. I don't care if Xena and Julius Caesar had a thing. Yeah. I want to know who made Xena. (laughs) They definitely make us... Excited at the knowledge that this dude is going to be stabbed. Yeah. They really, like, that whole time I was just thinking that, like, boy, I'm so glad that something horrible is going to happen to this dude eventually. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, we missed Uh, Here Comes Miss Amphipolis, the beauty pageant episode, which has a trans beauty queen. Woo! And here's the thing. Going into this, I knew we did. I thought it was just going to be, like, the, the winner just happens to be played by an by a trans actress. No! This character is canonically trans. We have our first trans character. The transness is plot relevant. And not only that, but, like, it's just, it's so sweet. Like, there's a point where, like, you think she's the bad guy, and then she locks Xena in the steam room, and then it turns out she thought Xena was gonna out her, and she just wanted to talk, and Xena's like, I don't care. Hey, no, it's chill. Friend. You are friend. You are friend. We're friends. And they have each other's back, back for the up. rest of the episode. Yeah. The winner mm. ends up going back to Xena's stuff, stealing her outfit. And when Xena gets called out while on stage, she steps out in costume. In Xena's and costume. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, Xena warrior princess. And she says word for word, I'm not a princess. I'm a queen. And steps out in Xena's armor. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it everything ends well. Like, it everything. ends with one of those girl power, we're all in this together moments. Yep. But it's still so sweet. And also, we get the first queer kiss in the show, too. Yes. Because Xena and the beauty queen winner end up kissing on stage. And... and, and oh. <laughs> everything happens so much. It's all very gay. <laughs> It really is a gay old time. I'm just... I'm fine. Oh, they're just so pretty. In the next oh. episode, uh, you gotta read this one. His name starts with a B. I got it. Uh, oh, yeah. Bruce Campbell returns uh, to bring Xena back to life, and uh, it's also the next canonically weird kiss because okay Bruce Campbell's character is back Xena's dead Xena possesses him as you do and they use his body to try and stop uh Gabby from cremating her body after she claims the title of Amazonian queen because yes Gabby technically is next in throne so well the other Amazon who challenged the previous queen technically has the crown, Gabby is still the next in line and can take it from her. 
And she decides she would rather be queen and sacrifice so that, you know, her own life plans now that Xena's dead than let this woman rule the Amazons. Well, Xena is trying to get Bruce Campbell's character to uh, help her get Ambrosia to resurrect herself. <laughs> they do! Yeah. But it's after uh, she kind of uses his body to visit Gabby, and Gabby kind of like astral projects and sees her in the spirit life, in the spirit world. And like, it just ends with Zeta just being like, okay, kiss now. We're kissing. And there's no. It just like, like, it, like, like. They let the girlfriends kiss. To, Cause here's the thing. Also, I'm really tired right now. We're getting towards the end of You're my usual day. You're very tired and very gay. And I'm. It is so much gayer this time around. It is very gay. Like it makes me laugh that so many people on this show didn't realize. It's um, like they were trying to be gay and they yeah, weren't. Because literally, like, the moment when Gabby and Xena kiss for the first time, first of all, yeah, first kiss, but second of all, it literally comes out of nowhere. Like, they're talking and Xena's being like, we can do this. We can bring me back. We can be together, like, in a totally platonic way. And then she just leans in to kiss her. <laughs> totally platonic. Just, and, yeah, and just it, some gals being pals, you know? And, like, it hard cuts back to um, Renee O'Connor and Bruce Campbell kissing because they're doing it via proxy. <laughs> but I'm still just left sitting there like, the Gabby's crying. Gabby's emotional. She's been moved. Gabby, are you two dating now? <laughs> Is that your girlfriend? I, I stand by the fact that Gabby fell first, but Xena fell harder. Absolutely. 110%. How could Xena not fall harder? Yeah. Xena has so many feelings. Yeah. But they do, like I said, they do end up getting the ambrosia and yeah. getting her back. But that also means that... Somebody else gets the ambrosia, yeah, too. That Somebody Amazon, else gets a weird forbidden jello. Yeah, that Amazon does. Fun fact, she's also one of the sirens from Charmed, so we're gonna see her again. Oh, fun. And... So she gets that ambrosia. She gets the forbidden jello shot. And we get one of my favorite moments, which is something happened on Hercules, but we don't know about it on Xena. So we're just going to tell you like you should know. Uh, Callisto's back. Here she is. <laughs> she's alive, but she's also now an immortal. And she's now been trapped in a cave for what was realistically probably a couple days to a couple weeks. And that was enough to drive her into madness. Yeah, she looks like she's been in there for years. Yeah, and they have to bust her out. Um, to stop the new goddess, she ends up getting ambrosia and becomes a goddess too. And the two of them get flung into lava. Get flung into lava to fight for all of eternity because God knows they are not going to stop oh until God. one of them kills the other and they are not going to be able to do that. So the girls are going to be fighting for the rest oh of my eternity. God. In Aphrodite's first episode, she turns Joxer into a Princess Bride parody, and Carl <laughs> Urban plays Cupid. The third role for Carl Urban. He, he looks like he should be in, like, he looks like he should be a member of the Venga Boys with this outfit. Yeah! He really does. He has, especially the way they did his hair, yeah. he looks like he should, at the very least... Be in the near background of yeah. the Venga Boys music video. Because he's like, he's bleach blonde, but here's the thing. He's that bleach blonde of, he just got out to the of the chair. They haven't toned him. It's a one bleach session. 
He looks a little fucked up. Just a it's little. a little it brassy. He is tanned and oiled. He is Very only wearing oiled. two straps across his chest. He's got these, like, really f***ed up wing prosthetics. Oh, the wings are so shaped and, like, we got not eye- in the wing yeah. kind of way. We got eyeliner. We got cross... Not a crossbow. Bow and arrow. Bow we and got arrow. the whole thing. It's a look. And a- he's across from his mother, who is... Like, like nice, like beautiful. Dolly Parton. She Elegant. looks like she looks like Dolly Parton. She looks like a Dolly Parton backup singer. She, she looks like a really hot milf that they just yeah. covered in white glitter. Yeah, it, like she is who Stacy's mom is about. Oh yeah, she is she, Stacy's mom. <laughs> she is your middle school best friend's hot mom. Yeah. She is walking around this entire episode in lingerie. She's got that big curly blonde wig. Oh yeah. And so she's girly. being her. She's just being her. She is. She doesn't want one of her temples to get destroyed after two kingdoms unite. So she's trying to break them up. Yeah. So every time Joxer hears a bell ring, he turns into Indigo Montoya. He really does. Because, yeah, like, the outfit is Indigo. It, his whole thing. Is just a Princess Bride parody. It really is. That is where this came from, this whole episode, the vibe. Like, and here's the thing. There's probably other things they're parodying that just go over my head because I haven't seen them. Yeah. But, but like, like, when they make the, wow, you're so much better red than I thought joke, and he switches from his left to his right hand. Yeah, it's like, okay... Okay, we know yeah. whose homework you copied <sighs> off of now. But this is like a perfect Aphrodite story. It really this is. is the perfect way to introduce her. Like a princess bride esque plotline with Aphrodite? It's perfect. Yeah, because this prince and princess, they're going off to elope. So, like, obviously can't have that happen. So, send in the charming prince to seduce the princess away. Yep. This is also where we get one of the casual G-slur drops. Yep. Just a heads up. It's in the end. Also, like, I really like how they are just like, send in the handsome, send in the handsome, and it's Droxer. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, God, I... And he's not always in handsome mode either. Yeah, that's the best part! Between when... regular Droxer and Joxer, but, like, sexy Squidward Joxer. And neither of them are aware of each other. Like, yeah. they're full amnesiac walls. Yeah. He just, he, he has no idea what's going on. <sighs> and uh, it's really funny. Yeah, and I believe it's after this, or very soon after this, is, uh, that episode with the Horde. Where Xena reverts to her old ways purely to stop them. Yeah. Um, the nope. cursed ship episode. <gasps> yeah, cursed ship moment. Uh, Abby is trapped on a ship cursed to stay at sea forever, and Xena is determined to end the curse and free everyone. Yeah. Also, Poseidon. Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about that yet, because, like... All the other gods are just guys. Yeah, like, they're, they're just, just people. They're just normal people in fancy costumes. Poseidon is just a CGI water boy. Yeah, like you see him in the intro. Yeah, that's just that. That's the only one so far who they've ever done yeah. that to. And, and like it's so weird. I know in the future she's gonna go god of war. Like Xena starts just killing the gods at some point. What happens with Poseidon? He How does she deal with that? Speech. She puts him in a really big bucket and leaves him in the desert to evaporate. (laughs) 
No, but then he just turned into rain and he'd be back. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how you put him in timeout. <laughs> you go be rain for a minute. Oh my god. Maybe then you'll calm down. Because here's the thing. I, like, started screaming when we watched this episode because it's Tony fucking Todd. Listen. You look at me expecting some response and I just give you the He's Candyman! It's Candyman! Have you never- We keep trading which autism creature we are. Right now, I am the TBH creature. Candyman! Candyman! With the bees! I... Candyman! That's... That doesn't help! Candyman! Oh god, the bees? No! They're in my you eyes? Say, you say his name in the mirror, and then he comes for you! <sighs> Bro... Oh, it's Tony Todd. <laughs> that means nothing to me. I don't know who people are. <laughs> Suffer. I love, I love it so much. But he plays Seacrops. He, in the myth of the creation of Athens, it was like either Poseidon or Athena. They're going to be the patron god of Athens. So the people decided and they chose an arbitrator. Mm-hmm. Um, Poseidon created a spring, Athena made an olive tree, uh, bloom from the rocky, uh, like, landscape or whatever. And so, of the people's wishes, the arbitrator chose Athena. So, Poseidon cursed him to forever, uh, be at sea and, like, never be able to leave his boat and anyone who comes on his boat can't leave his boat or they die. So he's just stuck at sea. And that's where Gabby ends up. Gabby ends up at sea and she ends up on the boat. And so Xena is trying to fight the pirates um, which is that they were really, just facing. Which is really funny because yeah. this whole time Xena's running from pirates and on the ship there's Gabby. And she looks over and you can just see yeah. the cartwheels in the distance while she's fighting these pirates on the shore. And then Xena it's like does just, a kick run off a cliff and somersaults like several miles onto the boat. Oh my god, the way I that they miss did the cool fighting. This I, is the kind of nineties television I miss. I wouldn't say the flip jump onto the ship was cool because it looked like I somebody love just that. threw a plastic army man like <laughs> off the roof of their house. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like it this was so funny. Like this and the fight at the end of Callisto's uh, first episode, yeah. that is the kind of action I miss. Yeah. I don't care if it's unrealistic. It is so unrealistic and so tacky, but so good. Like, the rotating ladders. The rotating ladders was oh. hilarious to watch. That with all, like, I don't care as long as it looks cool, like as video long as we're having logic. fun. It's, we don't watch TV for realism. We watch TV to see Xena do a... <laughs> do a flip but they got a boat budget this is they like did. i think this was the fifth time they were on a boat they because keep, the julius caesar yeah because it started with them on a boat and that boat crashes yeah and then like the julius caesar episode they were Very on a boat, big boat budget they're all different and before boats. that they were on another boat there are so many boats they are on so many boats also i really love how in a lot of scenes you you can tell that they're not showing the water <laughs> because there is no water yeah there's a lot of scenes where there is water but there's also some where there's 
very clearly a lack of water going yeah. on in the studio on this day. Uh, it's just delightful. It really is. When Cupid decides that getting his dick wet is more important than being a dad, Bliss starts shooting everyone he sees. Oh, yeah! This is the child who just steals a Cupid's bow and just starts causing havoc. Because this episode literally opens, first of all, I thought they were trying to pass Bliss off as, like, a baby baby they with the way that they wrapped him up. They had him swaddled like a straight-up baby, but this kid's, like, a toddler. Yeah, this, this is, like, a three-year-old. This kid is old enough to know how to push a chair up to the counter to get the cookies off yeah, the like, top of the fridge. Like, let me put it to you. When Carl Urban is holding the cardboard child in the first scene when he's wrapped up in the blanket, this child's feet, like, hit him at the waist. And has, like, a decent-sized head resting yeah. on his shoulder. Like, this is, like... This is, like... This is a toddler. This is a life-sized doll you get for yeah. your kid-sized yeah. child. Yeah. It was probably... That, what, what were they called? Like, Barbie Like Me? I, I don't remember what they, what they were called. I just knew that they existed. Yeah, and that baby... And he's, like, trying to bribe this child to go to sleep. He's not even, like, being a dad, like, trying to comfort him, trying to, like, put him to sleep. He's literally telling him, I will buy you a horse or a Pegasus or a fleet of horses. (laughs) If you just just let me get laid. (laughs) Considering the, like, love god presence in this child's life, the kid obviously knows things. Yeah. But, like, still. Like, that is Aphrodite, but at the same time. Yeah, but, like, this is a toddler. This kid has no concept of a bribe, unless it's, like, that there's just... I've worked... Working in child care has ruined this, (laughs) because I'm sitting here like, you can't bribe a child into sleep. You can't... You also can't bribe a child out of a tantrum if it's, like, an actual upset tantrum and not a... And that child was crying. That child was crying. That was not a, I'm gonna cry until I get something tantrum. That was a, I'm gonna cry because everything sucks and I'm dying. Yeah. But, of course, eventually the bribe works and the baby goes to sleep. Yeah. And so Cuban goes goes to to get some. (laughs) Quote, unquote, goes to sleep. The The second the door's closed. The moment, like, I'm pretty sure the door isn't even latched yet. This kid just, like, snaps awake, wings come out, flies up to this wall of bow and arrows in this room. Okay, the child has wings. The child, they obviously know the kid can fly. Why leave a child who can fly unsupervised in a room with a wall entirely covered with bows and arrows? Why? First of all, they need to invest in a baby leash. Yeah. Because this child is just out to cause havoc. And somehow after that, gets off Mount Olympus and just starts shooting random villagers. And Gabby, Xena, Joxer, and the returning warlord, Draco, are all... Why are you sitting like that? She got her leggy out. So my cat was just sitting funny. Sitting with her leggy all out. Why are you sitting like that? She's vibing. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just at the village, and... They're just there to cause havoc. Also, yeah. the, there's, like, a bunch of virgins. Oh, yeah! There's oh, a bunch the, of virgins. The, um, the Vestal Virgins? Is that yeah, what they're called? Yeah, I think. Vest, yeah, Vestal? 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 I don't Something remember. virgins. Either way, there's a whole lot of them. Yeah, they're priestesses. Yeah. I believe they're priestesses of Athena, specifically. Yeah. Um, and Draco's 
men are there to sell them, to take them and sell them. Um, And Gabby and Xena are there to stop him. Obviously. And so Xena's head over heels for Draco. Gabby is head over heels for Joxer. I think Joxer is uh, into Gabby too, but I don't remember him getting shot. He's just he always didn't into get her. shot. He's just like okay. that. He's just always into her. Um, she wants to smell your elbow. How are you doing? She wants to smell your arm. <gasps> Did she, she just bonk you? Yeah, she wants loveies. <gasps> um, and. Then Draco gets hit, and now Draco's in love with Gabby. So all this is going on, and it takes Xena a really long time to realize. Yeah, it takes her a really long time to realize, even though she's, like, being very horny on Maine. Yeah. I just love any Aphrodite-related episode. If it's Cupid or Aphrodite. The MILF with the glitter is back, and we welcome her into the plot with open arms. Like, please, they're always my favorites. And this is great. And, like, it literally ends with Xena making Joxer try and go get Cupid. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, it's actually really funny as they're building up to the reveal because Joxer's just like, I got him! Tries to drag him around a corner and you just see the muscular arm come and drop back out. (laughs) Because he's, for some reason, being very reluctant even though your kid is causing trouble. (gasps) A lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. Your kid got into your arrows. Though... This man does not seem like a very responsible father, obviously. So. No, poor Psyche. Yeah, but he just... They bring him out, he gets his kid together, and he snaps all of the love away. Except for Draco, because as Xena puts it, love suits him. Because he start, he's still simping for Gabby really, really hard. It takes him, like, a little bit of monologuing to get to the conclusion that he's not going to kill people anymore. Mm -hmm. Because he keeps saying, like, okay, I'll just kill the old people. And Gabby's just like, bro. Yeah. It's like, but but, men over 50? Yeah. Livestock? Okay, I guess I won't kill anybody. (laughs) Yeah. And then leaves while dick-punching the guy who called him a wimp. Yeah. (laughs) He dick-punched him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was his boss, too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the guy who he was there to sell the virgins to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and thus concludes season two. It was great. It didn't even feel like a season finale. Yeah, and that's... It just felt like a really chaotic two episodes. Like, a lot happened in the last two episodes. Two? Three? Three. We watched three episodes today. Yeah, the last two episodes, specifically, have had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So, like, it had the activity of a season finale, but didn't feel like a season yeah, finale. Yeah, it didn't have the themes and motives of a yeah. season finale, which honestly is something I kind of appreciate, because season one, we did kind of feel like we had a premiere and an end, because yeah. the pilot obviously has to feel like a premiere. Yeah. But the last episode doesn't feel like a premiere we're, like, used to. Like, mm-hmm. a traditional premiere. It was just a war episode um, that had, you know... Yeah. Gabby die and Xena realize her feelings, because that's yeah. how I choose to interpret this. Yeah, it, so, whatever. Is, oh, that... we, we also forgot to talk about the demon baby in that episode. 
The demon baby? The centaur baby. Oh, yeah, the centaur baby. Because, yeah, that Amazon, we talked about the fact that there was an Amazon who got pregnant with uh, a centaur, but yeah. we never talked about the centaur baby. That baby was f***ed up. Because the baby, like a baby horse, stands on all four as soon as it's been born, but it's got a human baby body. And the human baby, who, who looks like a newborn, can hold its neck up. Well, I mean, there... And it was bad CGI! It was really bad CGI. The baby looked really creepy. Oh my god. It was like one of those dancing babies from the... You know the dancing babies? Like, the ones on the internet in the early 2000s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it looked look like a dancing too. baby. Oh, I always hated those. Yeah. Too many CGI babies. We need to have less of that. I'm I'm tired. I'm, this is... No. No the... more. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Next time on You Got to Know. Cleopatra brings together three amazing things, though. First is the fact that Bruce Campbell returns. As you do. Yeah. Bruce Campbell. Uh, what, God, what's his character's name again? I always forget it. What's his dick? Atocles. Atopoli. At you know what? Let me just, like... Thief Boy. Is Swiper. That's his name. Swiper, no swiping. Um, Except Swiper does a lot of swiping. Yeah. A tackle. A tackle. Auto. Auto. Mm. I can't say his name. I'm sorry. Autolycus. <laughs> Autolycus. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Autolycus returns. Thank you for listening to You Got to Know. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Music by Kevin McLeod.